one of our patrons asked for us to do a special episode in the Marvel Universe on a being titled The One Above All. But uh, it kind of seems like uh, the yin to the yang, the good force to the evil force, or the light to the dark. We're not, we're not going to be talking about the one below all. Wait, yes. there's the one below all? Sure, shush. <laughs> I have questions. You, you so, is that real a quick, thing? Before... Hang on, is that a thing? Is that yes. real? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yes. there's the one above all and the one the, below. Yeah, all. There has to be, and that's that's the yin and the yang. Yeah, uh-huh. this just yeah. blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Episode over. We're done. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> okay. So, so real quick, our last episode, I our last, it was a Venom episode. Mm-hmm. I I said some things out of turn, out of error. Um, New 52 universe is DC universe. I had said I wasn't sure. Now, when you say New 52 universe, what do you mean? So we were talking about like different worlds and resetting and restarting. Uh-huh. And DC kind of revamped theirs and they call it the New 52. And, and that's like where current cinematic is? Not cinematic, but comics. Like Okay. Okay, so this current early two thousands, mid two thousands era. So that was that was what that was. I had that wrong, and then I also said there was a kid so powerful that he wished like to reset the the timeline, basically. Right. Uh, and I had said that was Cyclops's and Jean Grey's kid. Uh-huh. That was that was a a wrong. Oh, I, okay. I so assumed it because it? the the kid uh, was said to be a mutant. And obviously the kid of those two people would be super powerful. But in actuality, it was actually Reed Richards, uh, Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Girl's Child. Oh, okay. Franklin Richards and the way he went about this whole thing. It was its own universe thing. And it's very confusing. We could do a whole seven episodes on it if we want to. The child who made the wish was Franklin Richards? It, It was, yeah, basically he brought people into existence and created a pocket universe that he kept me a pocket universe yeah he very powerful that was franklin the other one that i was thinking of is actually cyclops is in uh phoenix's kid uh but it's not phoenix it's her clone scott and gene scott and gene's clone (laughs) just trying to correct some stuff scott cyclops yes thinks he married gene gray he did no, not. No, 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 no. He no. married her clone. Somebody, somebody wanted a superior being, so somebody created a kid with the DNA from oh. Scott and a clone of Jean Grey, and that created. Have you seen Deadpool two? Uh-huh. Yes. Cable. Oh, that creates Cable. That's Cable. 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 Okay, so that is enough. Me rectifying my mistakes. On the last episode, let's get into the one above all. Okay, so all right. So what did the, what is the thing you said that is wrong, and what is the correction? I am okay. so lost. So right the now. last episode, I said that the child of Cyclops and Phoenix uh, was the one who reset the the multiverse, which which isn't necessarily untrue, but they are clones of the original. Well, no, which is untrue because the kid who did it was Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic's and the Invisible Girl's kid. However, Cable is an obscenely powerful child. And he moves through time messing stuff up. 
Uh, no, fixing no, stuff. No, fixes up. things. It, if you change like... it, you have messed it up. Regardless, no, of someone outside, else changed it. He came to timeline. fix it. Oh, someone else changed it and he's fixing yeah. it. Okay. Well, or that's at least how we view it. It's kind of like how we did that episode on. Wait, uh, hold up. There, no. there. I my first encounter is the '90s cartoon with cable. Yeah. And there is a disease that is infecting mutants, and he comes back in time to extract wolverine's power to create a regenerative vaccine if you will against this disease in the future that attacks mutants i this isn't a cable episode this is a <laughs> short aaron wants to apologize to for his cable. mistakes awesome. i have to defend well, all i was gonna say is you know he probably thinks he's doing the right thing but we did do an episode on <laughs> a good villain thinks they're doing the right thing yeah, good point. So, I mean, I agree with you. Cable's freaking awesome, but I would not say he's a choir boy. Okay. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I, I feel like if, if when the X-Men want to kill somebody, but they can't because they're all, like, they've got their code, you just bring in Cable. Be like, oh, yeah, no problem. Pop, pop, so, see, he, done. Cable, to <laughs> me, is is the X-Men uh, time-traveling Punisher. Hey, that's a great way to put that, it. That, that's locked, done. Okay, so those, yeah. those were the things that I got wrong in the last episode. New 52 is DC. The retconning that was done was done by a super powerful being who was the kid of the fantastic people, not the mutants, Cyclops, and Phoenix. We good? Okay. Yep. I'm Sweet. Good. We're halfway done with this episode now. So the one above all, sure, Austin's super glad he asked for this. <laughs> <laughs> he is quite literally the one above all. So in the Marvel Universe, you have, for instance... Universe 616, as an example, it's a universe with all the heroes and they have certain things happen to them in these situations. But then you can move over to 6160, I think is what it's called. And that's like the ultimate universe. And they have Hmm. different experiences and it creates them differently and all that fun stuff, right? I'm getting Rick and Morty vibes. Yeah, a little bit. And But Rick and Morty was actually made after. Right, they might have modeled it after the... Uh, these universes and so there's different universes where different things happen right and so within those universes i'm I'm literally going straight off of how comics explained it because he did such a good job uh shout out to rob because he's amazing but within within a any specific universe you have different planets right so you'll, you'll have asgard you'll have earth you'll have wherever planet took place on sakar just all of those different worlds within this universe, right? Mm-hmm. And so then, just like there's different worlds in this universe, there's a bunch of different universes in the multiverse. However, the one above all isn't just above the multiverse. He is above everything. So you take a universe like Rick and Morty, he's above that. You take a universe like The Witcher, he's above that. Like He so- is the one above all. So wait, so he, he, he doesn't. He's not like part of the multiverse. He's rather outside of it and moves through it, right? So there's not like a different version of him in each multiverse. It is just him. Yeah, and so uh, the DC has their own version of him, and it's basically just he is so powerful he just watches. And some people like to believe that it's basically the writers and artists just putting themselves into it. Oh, interesting. So. So in uh, in what if we have the watcher? Is this yes. the watcher? 
No, the Watcher's like small, small potatoes. But but they occupy kind of the same space because the Watcher sees all the different multiverses playing out, right? Yes, yeah, so he can he can see all the multiverses, but even he didn't know exactly what was going to happen and was still surprised because he is a watcher. He's an advanced being that became mm. so advanced and powerful. He just stopped becoming a part. Whereas okay. the one above all created all. Okay. So anything that exists is because of the one above all. That is. Yeah. And so Marvel's explanation for anything outside of Marvel is the one above all. Like it's uh, the one above all created all. So I think now is a good time to take a break. <laughs> and then we're going to dive into just dissecting this totally not outrageous thought process that we have to dive into. All right. Worlds amongst worlds. I feel like uh, Matrix helped us prep for this one. <laughs> <laughs> just like the simulation, boys. Okay, so we are discussing the one above all. And we mentioned that there is a, a, an opposite to him, which is the one beneath all. And so the one above all is essentially something below. Yeah, one below. Sorry, one below. So he is outside of the multiverse, right? So there isn't multiple versions of him, a different one in each version of the multiverse. There is just the one. And he can move into each of the multiverses. So uh, if you've seen the show, What If You See the Watcher, and he is kind of outside of the multiverse, watching all these different versions of the multiverse play out, um, but kind of being separate and different from it. So the one above all is that, but uh, he's more powerful, right, than that. Well, he's a part of everything. He's every, He can be anywhere. He can be anything. And he can be everywhere at once if he wants to. Like okay. A lot of omni power. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then... There's a lot of talk about cable, but I don't think that's relevant. <laughs> I, I, I feel that's like cable is always relevant because he's awesome, but I just, okay, we, we so, were specifically asked to talk about the one. So above the one all. above all, is he also able to move through time or just space? He, he's above everything. So those who can move through time, that's cute, but they're still not on his level. Okay. Okay. So what is it um, in uh, the name of the wind and the wise man's fear? Uh, at one point, the main character encounters a plant, and these plants are devious and evil, and they just want to – they're like hags, right? They just want to corrupt <laughs> everything, and uh, they can see through time. And the way it's explained in the book I thought was so brilliant, and that is that he said they move through time the way you move through a room. You can see all the objects, and you can just walk around them if you want. You can pick up that chair. You can put it somewhere else. That is how time is to them. And that is why it was so dangerous to interact with these creatures in, in the book is because you, you meet it and then it starts to move you like an object in a room to create havoc among mankind, right? And so the one above all, I assume he moves through space, time, and the multiverse like you move through a room, right? He can see everything everywhere and just kind of move and shift things where he wants them whenever he wants to. He doesn't do a lot of shifting. Very little, actually. But he does I sit in the chair. Just kidding. Well, he, he he'll he'll watch and he'll be a part of. Like for instance, in the in but the comics, is existence. I mean, yeah, right. he he. I mean, he exists. So everything he does exists. Uh huh. But he 
he is so dang powerful that he does everything. He's everywhere. He doesn't really need to touch anything because he's just watching his creations play out. He has appeared a few different times and what uh, he has appeared uh, with the appearance of Jack Perry, uh, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Okay. When he he's has Jack, appeared. Jack Kirby. Is he he's, an he's another writer. Okay. So he's another. So, so Stan Lee in all the MCU is not actually Stan Lee. It's the one above all. That, that is a theory that That I love. That's my favorite theory. Okay. Because that's why he's shown up as so many different things and he's just enjoying being around, you know, his creations. And it just makes canonical sense because you can't really put the one above all in and make it make sense because he's beyond comprehension. So just having him casually as a bunch of different characters. Uh, so sense. if Stan Lee is a uh, or if the one above all is a personification of Stan Lee and his role in the Marvel Universe, every time he made a cameo, that was the one above all appearing in the films. Uh, that's a theory. That uh-huh. is not what I'm saying. OK, I, I will uh, not. So that's, go down. So that's, that's not that's a theory, not canon. Right. Yeah, that that is a theory I love. But nowhere is it canon, and I think they left it open like that on purpose. Uh-huh. Because if you're a true hardcore fan, it's a really fun tip of the hat. If you're not, that's okay too, because you love Stanley, so it's still really fun. right. Yeah, right, right. Um, so yeah, so he's he's appeared in a lot of different ways. He showed up to Peter Parker once as a homeless man, mm-hmm. um, and so he does do cameos. <laughs> that was so like the big he, so one. So he does do cameos. <laughs> uh, there was another one where he's shown up, like when the Fantastic Four like went to heaven to save the thing, uh, and he was there like as Jack Kirby like drawing, like they, oh yeah. And so they were they were like oh so this is just how you look, and he was like no I I am how the people who come to see me view me like what's the most comfortable for you to view me? Oh uh, yeah yeah. It's so taking it was, your own representation of, of what feels good the one above all what 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 does he do when he interacts with uh people like like why why is he manifesting himself there's there's many theories behind it for instance they when the fantastic four went to go see him uh, or went to go save the thing i mean they were already in heaven so i mean he was probably trying to help guide them uh through the whole so he doesn't interfere. He just is. Yeah, he just he just kind of he just kind of helps push them in the right direction. Like with uh, Spider Man, Aunt May is dying, and so he's punched in the trash can in rage, and his hands are bleeding. And this homeless man comes out of nowhere and heals his hands. And Spider Man's really confused why his spider sense didn't tingle at all. And <clears throat> the one above all, basically, just. Helps Spider-Man understand who he is is, I guess, the easiest way to explain it. He doesn't really just tell him; he just has him understand mm. because he created Spider-Man. So he's like, "This is who I am." Like, oh, wow. Okay. So in uh, in the old Clash of the Titans, you have the gods playing a game of chess, and the game of chess is played with kings and heroes on the board. But the rule is that they cannot intervene; they can guide but they cannot intervene. And that is kind of the story uh, of Perseus as it plays out in that movie. And so is that kind of how this is? We have 
the one below all and the one above all. They're playing this massive game of chess. You're like you cannot give them powers. You cannot, you know, you, you cannot intervene, but you can guide. So the one above all, and, and this this is where we're getting into conjecture because we can't. Like they, they made him as open as you can because he's the one above all. Like he <sighs> is, uh, but like they have Greek gods and pantheons in, in the Marvel universe. They've got Norse gods in the Marvel universe, but like the Thor? one above all is do they yeah, have Thor? like Thor. Yeah, they, they do have Thor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy, right? Glad we got there. Good one-eyed uh, Thor. <laughs> good old one-eyed Thor. Yeah, and so they they have all those, but they're they're nothing compared to the one above all. And so the one above all created the rules that he himself abides by. So I think they're somewhat similar, except I don't think he nearly puts in as much guidance as the, the Greek gods uh, in the Titan right. thing you're referencing. Because he really, like, he appears three, maybe four times, and he's wow. referenced, I think, like 15 Okay, so you really don't pick up on him. He's not a major role. He's not a major role, but because he's so big and so powerful, he's so fascinating to wonder about. Mm -hmm. Whereas the one below all did try to take over the Hulk at one point, and but it was like a small fraction of his power. He was like uh, extra, whatever. Uh, side project not a main goal well no he he possessed the hulk basically but he it seemed that he is trapped in the place below all which is just the lowest like for like lower than the lowest part of hell basically okay and so so he can't escape there is what it seems like and so a small like even just a tiny percent of his power was enough to bring like the universe almost to its knees oh okay um, so that's the one below all and the one above all i don't really know what was going on there but yeah it's just they they've talked about them but not a lot um so what would you say is the main difference between the one above all and the one below all like well it's like it's, what... it's like you said it's yin and yang Everything that the one above all, he's above everything, he's created everything, and the one below all is the opposite. So so if the one above all is the existence of things, is the one below all the non-existence? I think he's the corruption of things. The corruption of things. That's what I would say. Like It's hard to find a finite answer for these very, very large cosmic ideas. It's kind of like I was thinking about just Cthulhu. Uh-huh. Like yeah, it's just yeah. it's I'm just so big. Yeah. It, it's hard to quantifiably explain. And so we can theorize, but they've left enough open-ended to where you don't know for sure. Right. Oh. So this one above all gives me uh Yagthathoth uh vibes. Uh Yagthathoth is often or no, it's Azathoth. Um and uh often described as a blind fool playing a flute and the music that comes out of the flute is the existence of the universe and when the blind fool stops playing that flute that will be the end of the universe huh 
So it, it, it just me, gave me those vibes. To, to me, it sounds like uh, in Brandon Sanderson's writing, he has uh, like at one point you encounter creation and ruin. And the world is in turmoil because creation and ruin are fighting each other. And eventually it comes into balance when creation and ruin begin to work together to create kind of a cycle instead of one just trying to create endlessly and the other constantly trying to destroy everything. Be like, no, no, I create, you destroy, which makes room for more creation, right? And we get that cycle. Kind of like uh, entropy, like the force of entropy, right? Yeah, well, it's ruined, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, and so, like like I said, I kind of get that feel from them, right? You've got creation but also you know corruption or destruction and and they are yin and yang right they uh, one right infinite creation crowds the universe until it you know is no longer sustainable because they all crowd each other out but when you also have you know decay entropy destruction or whatever then you have a cycle right Mm. this that creates that endless spinning of eternity as opposed to you know a collision course towards calamity and and you could say this is the fuel for evolution Right. So, or just anything, right? Progress, progress, right? You uh-huh. just, in, for anything to progress, you need that cycle because, yeah. Yeah, you got to get rid of the bad and learn from the good. And yeah. Oh, what is it? Uh, there was a TV show. So, there's a character in Doctor Who named Jack who uh, was like immortal and infinite. And so, they made this little mini series about him where somehow they're able to use whatever has altered his genetics and distribute to all mankind and so no one can die right people are in horrific accidents and they won't die old people won't die and you know for the first couple days it's a miracle but as the years go on this becomes a problem how do we feed this many people right because they won't die and some people are just in in agony just absolute agony right the guy's been decapitated and he's still alive and still in the pain of having his head severed from his body and he can't die Oh, you know, and so eventually this this starts to look less like a miracle and more like a curse because mm-hmm. there is no end. It just keeps going. No matter how terrible things get for you, you can't die. Right. And so you have people starving just in absolute agony and they can't die of starvation. But bonus awful. Uh, awful. If, if, if you're starving, you don't have to use the bathroom anymore. Right. <laughs> Yes, except a win. Yeah, so I think you you still do. It just doesn't smell as good. But yeah, and so again, that brings us back to the yin yang, right? You need that cycle, otherwise, you get all kinds of crazy stuff going on. With the old and with the new, yay, (laughs) yeah, Aaron, yay. So yes, that's the one above all. Any any questions? Uh, I think this has lots of questions. I think referencing the matrix was, was a good thing, you know, worlds within worlds, cults within cults. We, 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 the we matrix would have been one of the universes that the one above all is above of. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But, uh, it was really great to learn that like, uh, this is Stanley and, uh, Kubrick. No. Not even close. I, yeah, I was I'm like, a, I, I was like, yeah, I know I'm saying it wrong. You're not allowed to be my amateur anymore. If you're gonna come at me with Kubrick, what? yeah, Kubrick? that's my bad. My, my I bad. Was like, yep. What in the world? Jack Kirby, you know, Kirby, Kirby. from Super Kirby. Smash. Okay, all right, Jack Kirby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, what is our treasure room question? 
so I watched One Punch Man a little bit, right? And he just had no fun because he was way more powerful than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Do you think the one above all enjoys his existence? We'll see you guys in the treasure room. <laughs>